You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am an holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Our show today focuses on expanding our knowledge of physiotherapy and key roles that it has in an integrative healthcare plan. And our guest is Dr. Helen Setien, and she is a board-certified physical therapist Yoga Alliance certified yoga instructor and a trained mindfulness facilitator through UCLA Mindfulness Awareness Research, dedicated to the practice and integration of the mind body systems approach to addressing pain, wellness, prevention, and recovery of functional limitations for orthopedic, pelvic health, chronic pain, and performance art injuries. Helen obtained her Bachelor of Arts in Communication from the University of Southern California, Annenberg School of Communication and Journalism in 2006, and received her physical therapy doctorate degree from Mount St. Mary's College in 2010. Her specialties include pain and movement science, trauma-informed care, mindfulness, and manual therapy. Helen Setian extends her personal passions, clinical skills, and expertise through multiple rehabilitation, wellness and meditation collectives, speaking engagements and community outreach, including UCLA. We talk about the crucial role of early physiotherapy intervention to curb the opioid crisis, physical therapist's role in the multidisciplinary approach to chronic pain, the role of mindfulness and other complementary strategies for pain management and other interesting topics circling around uh, these key learning points. Please do stay tuned. We will be back in just a few minutes to speak with Dr. Setian. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. And Dr. Setian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We've heard your bio, um, you know, have a bit of an understanding of what you are and who you are. But what, you know, when if, if someone asked you the question, you know, this is what I'd like to get across to everybody, where do you think your answer would lie? Well, I, as far as um, as we're talking about chronic pain or what what exactly? Well, in physiotherapy, physiotherapy may not be the first line of treatment 
for a lot of health issues. You know, mm -hmm. I've done um, a few shows and I've really broadened my understanding of chiropractic work. And I think in some way, shape or form, physiotherapy has some of the same resistance as chiropractic work in that it may not be where people put their, their thought processes in when they have a health issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where I think it's important to educate people on our overall scope of practice um, and what we actually do. And I think there's a lot of uh, misconception and um, maybe misunderstanding between what chiropractors do, what physical therapists do, that's part of it, but it's also the expectation around what physical therapy is going to entail. Um, and those who have experience with physical therapy in the past or have um, heard of it from friends or family that, oh, it's going to hurt and, oh, there's a lot of commitment involved. And so there's a lot of barriers that stop people from going into physical therapy. So that's the other part of it. And as far as overall health conditions, it goes back to uh, the just the proper understanding what physical therapists do and how and how we can actually help them in their overall health condition, especially as it relates to anything related to movement and or functional decline. Well, what would you say the umbrella is for physical therapy? Is it all aspects of healthcare? Is it muscle pain? What would you sort of give as your CV as a physiotherapist? So good. A good question. If you were to put under an umbrella, physical therapist diagnose and treat anyone who is undergoing any health condition that will impact their movement and function. So we are working alongside multiple people with multiple diagnosis, whether it be cardiopulmonary, whether it be dealing with obesity, whether it be with cancer, because all, all I would say most of these diagnoses are going to impact their overall physical functioning. And so we are able to address those things and or limiting factors that will impact that. So we are looking at musculoskeletal system, neuro neuromuscular system, everything that's related to bones, tendons, muscles, tissues, anything that's going to involve function. And you differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself from chiropractic work. Where, where do you, where are you similar? You just laid out actually some of the similarities. Mm -hmm. Where are the dissimilarities? Well, the, the main difference I would say, and you would probably also see out there is we're looking at overall movement and we're more movement experts where we can look at, um, we're looking at it from a movement science perspective, we're able to um, look at faults and treat those in addition to, of course, addressing tissues, bones, um, and range of motion and, and or the wellness aspect of things similar to chiropractors. So the main difference is we are movement experts. Um, one of the, you know, when we talked earlier, one of the areas that you specialize in is chronic pain management. And you say using trauma-informed care. What exactly mm -hmm. does that mean? So it's for trauma-informed care, you are looking at all the various <clears throat> elements that are contributing to chronic pain because when they're when in this in the presence of chronic pain, usually there's a um, a traumatic episode involved, whether it be a car accident, whether it be um, repeated sort of injury and or re-injury. So when we're looking at chronic pain, we want to look at um, aspects of trauma-informed 
informed care in the sense where we're looking at the whole person. In addition to that, we're looking at how um, the the neuro the nervous system is being influenced by pain and not just from a tissue source, but how the nervous system is responding to a pain experience. And we can look at pain, physical pain, similar to we would look at psychological pain or emotional pain in a sense where it does influence the same brain centers. And so we respond accordingly and everyone responds differently. And therefore, we have to be sensitive to uh, its um, relationship to the nervous system. Would a person need a chiropractic practitioner as well as a PT? Not in every case. Okay. And what would be the dividing line? It would depend on uh, the person's experience in the past with a chiropractor. If they respond well to a chiropractor and then let's say um, they have a new injury and they come to physical therapy um, and they're, and they would ask me, is it okay if I continue or go back to a chiropractor alongside what we're doing here? If the experience with that person is positive, I would say, yes, go for it. Um, but if somebody comes new, fresh, has not seen a, a practitioner in the past, and they come to me for a new injury or new problem, new functional problem, um, my, I, my referrals to outside um, and or, you know, complementary um, professionals is going to really depend on the patient. So if it's, <clears throat> if there's a nutritional aspect, I would refer them to a nutritionist, for example. But for um, the interdisciplinary purposes, we oftentimes don't refer out to or ask them to go to a chiropractor because we are addressing everything um, that we need at that point. But again, it depends on the patient and who's in front of me. Would you say that you are a primary caregiver or, or is it is it a referral basis? Um, at this point, um, depending on the states, uh, state physical therapies are now direct access. So we are primary, but it would also depend on um, insurance limitations as well. Um, so every, depending on the state, but we are direct access and um, in certain states, including California, which is where I reside. Um, one of the things too that um, you are trying to do is to bring this awareness of physical therapy into the health space. Where do you think um, people are getting it wrong? Is it people are getting it wrong when it comes <clears throat> to physical therapists or people don't have the broad range of what physical therapy can do to impact health? Um, well, I would say physical therapists are, are in the health space. We are in multiple settings, home health, um, acute care, hospital-based wellness centers. Um, we are very much in the health space. Um, the only space and or um, interdisciplinary piece where I feel it's lacking is in the presence of um, chronic pain management and or opioid overuse. This is where I feel if physical therapists were um, more in the beginning stages of um, new onset of pain. For example, if somebody goes into a physician, complains of pain, 
um, if they immediately were referred to a physical therapist, then we would prevent a lot of these chronic pain conditions that come on later in someone's life. Well, why is this happening, do you think? Well, we are getting um, we are getting in more of these early onset. Um, I think a lot of it is education. I think a lot of it is also just how the health system is evolving over time. Um, when, you know, again, when someone goes to the doctor's office, I have pain immediately. There's a, you know, here's a prescription for it. Um, do the ice rest, you know, lay off and then just go back to your activities after a week or so. So this is kind of the general sort of um, approach to someone coming in with a complaint. And, you know, people are busy, they go through their lives and they do what the doctor tells them. And a lot of cases, which is great, things do go away. But as we know, things come back. And so we are at that, we are in the position to look at people as a whole, look at movement, look at their lives, look at their behaviors to see where are these missing elements. And so we can prevent a lot of things and injuries from reoccurring. Well, does it really go away if it's medicated? No. <laughs> well, this is the problem, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it's still this, it's still the ethos of a lot of 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 the the health space and it's the quick fix and as you mentioned um doing yeah i would consider uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong i would consider physical therapy as on the integrative side of healthcare um yes. you know how how are you able to bring awareness to this fact that you know a, a medication may be able to stop the pain for now but we really need to get to the root of things. How how are you aiming to address this in your space? We we do this one patient at a time um, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. We're always, well, a big part of what we do is patient education. It's a huge, huge part of what we do. And um, a lot of patients come with, oh, I'm just here because I need to do it. My doctor tells me I'm gonna go get surgery after this. It's like, well, pump your brakes. <laughs> have you looked at the entire picture? What else have you done for it? And it's it comes down to patient education. So we're always educating pe patients about surgeries, medication, complementary, how and how everyone is different depending on where they are in their recovery process. We are going to offer them different types of recommendations. However, there is also always an educational component around pain medication and how it is supposed to be used as a complementary approach to the more permanent solutions, which is what physical therapy addresses. You know, I think physical therapy is very commonly and well understood in the athletic space. You know, we hear about it all the time. If a player gets injured, they're going for physical therapy. But mm -hmm. is this a limited understanding of it to you? I mean, I just, it, it's very, it's very frontline for athletes mm -hmm. and, and people that are, you know, using their body a lot, but it doesn't seem to be in the, in the thought processes of the everyday person. And I'm just mm -hmm. wondering why that might be. It, again, like you said, it's front lines, you know, people hearing about physical therapy, if they're watching sports injuries, and also 
personal experience, if there's an injury, surgery, the first line is physical therapy. And that is just more common. And when we look at the history of physical therapy, you know, we came out of the war, right? Really acute injuries, amputations, um, ways to address acute injuries. But physical therapy has evolved over time and more with more and more research coming out, there is evidence showing its preventative piece, the lifestyle um, medicine piece, um, how it be, how it's integrated into various spaces with multiple diagnoses. Um, and so it is more because of what people hear in the mm -hmm in the in the world and also within um the the limited confounds confines of their own personal experience and what they hear and so unless you're out in the health world unless you're um more into those spaces um it's going to be hard to know the scope of what physical therapy does and for me it's it's been an evolution even just doing the podcast for the number of years that i've been doing it uh, the focus and the foci and how it changes uh, mm -hmm. or how it's changed over the years. And this topic of movement, of functionality, especially in the aging process, seems to be one of the, the main drums that is being beaten right now. When it comes to that, I mean, as we age, things tighten up. Gravity pulls things down. Uh, fascia gets tight. Would you say that it would be a good practice in the aging process to do some type of physical therapy as a preventative measure? It's the number one thing to do for uh, aging well. And I say this not to beat my drum, but because as you mentioned, gravity pulls us down. Our, there's, there's a, and then there's a cumulative effect of life over time, what we do in our jobs, what we do in our day-to-day. -day. And so we have that. But within all that, we have developed patterns. We've developed, like mm -hmm. you said, fascia constrictions. We've developed so many different things over our lives that contribute to how we age, right? And so it's not only how well we eat or what we, uh, what kind of exercises would do, we do, it's everything is under the umbrella of aging. And because of the unique nature of what we do, which is looking at the whole person, and we're pretty nosy people when, <laughs> in, when we're interviewing, we're, we're <clears throat> listening and asking <clears throat> questions to really hone in on what their day-to-day -day looks like, what they did for a living, if they're close to retirement, um, what kind of activities, what kind of sports they did in junior high school. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're 85 years old coming to me. I am asking those specific questions because it is what determines how they've been, quote-unquote, aging <laughs> over time. And so with when you bring in a physical therapist perspective, your your curating the right program for someone to to succeed for however many years you know we are anticipating so if someone comes at 65 and they're concerned about you know their posture they're concerned about this chronic knee issue they've just maybe retired and they still want to continue playing tennis 
these are, this is just an example, This, but this is just one of the various experiences we're getting. And so aging is, comp is comprised of so many things and we are there to give them the right program to age well within who they are. That mm -hmm. makes sense. You brought up you brought up something that um we don't touch on often enough and it's these neurological pathways that we develop over mm -hmm. the years and over the years. And would you say that one part of physical therapy is to maybe change or redirect those pathways? Absolutely. There's a lot of research that shows that the brain is plastic and we're always able to evolve, adjust, and change. And the physical therapy, a big part of, or another piece of our umbrella is looking at behavior. So it's not just physiology, anatomy, genetics, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at behavior change. So in order to incorporate more movement in your day, uh, to get up and take another path to go to the bathroom, on your restroom break, right? These are all behaviors and patterns that we've um, that we're used to, and we are trying to influence people on that level. So, with um, neuromuscular changes, neural pathway changes, there are various things that need to be involved, and a lot of it is repetition. A lot of it is um, visualization, right? Imagining mm -hmm. yourself being that <laughs> or doing that thing. Um, it, a lot of it is increasing body awareness. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is changing your relationship to your pain, um, changing your relationship to who you were before, maybe five years ago when you did something and now you really can't do it. And now you're in some identity crisis. And so it's, it's a lot of it. All of that is, is the brain and the nervous system. And so the, the nuance here and how we we can be influential is targeting those levels and utilizing the right methods to create that Ab absolutely i think and and here you know it's taken it's taken us like 18 minutes but i think <laughs> that we're hitting pay dirt here uh when it comes to the benefits of physical therapy in the health space. Um, I want to continue along this line of thought, but let's just take a quick break, everybody, and we will be right back. You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email THH at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. Dr. Setian, um, this isn't a, a piece of the physical therapy puzzle that uh, I've had the privilege of speaking about too much. So I, I really want to take the time here to have you explain how the neurological patterns, how habits that we have formed over the years may need to be unwound. You know, maybe the, the lane way that we've been in for so many years, maybe we have to divert a little bit east, a little bit west, how do you approach your physical therapy? How do you approach your patient when you know that they have to 
change a habit, change a gait, for instance. How is that introduced into physical therapy? Well, phys with physical therapy, we utilize the biopsychosocial model of care, and then we're looking at everything. So in the past, we just look at tissue injury, and and that's it, right? So let's, mm -hmm. let's heal this tissue. However, we're looking at everything, including not, not just the body, but the body functioning in addition to the structures, their activities in their life, whether it be work, home life, um, their habits, hobbies, sports, um, their, and any sort of extracurricular stuff that might be influencing their personal factors, which can include their, their emotional uh, piece or their, any associated fear or anxiety um, if they have any other um, sort of comorbidities, any health issues, um, and also if they have um, anxiety, depression, right? These are all the things that we are looking at in order to fine tune um, and influence the neural pathways. And a big part that is over overlooked over is the environmental factors that can be influenced as well, such as where they live, their, their social support system, or their their experience with their healthcare providers in the past, their experience with their overall health condition in the past, and everything related to that. When I think of, you know, you mentioned earlier on in the show that, you know, some people may come in to uh, improve their posture. And then we talk about this space of neural pathways and thought processes. And, you know, I can just envision as you were talking that, you know, someone who is under a great deal of stress, someone who is depressed, right there, I can see where there could be a physical posture change, mm -hmm. right? And, and I can see how this idea of physical therapy goes so far beyond manipulation of muscles and tissues. That's and this right. is exactly what I wanted to, to drive home to people. And we just can't get beyond the emotional aspect in any realm of health. And that is just becoming more and more apparent when we start to, to dig deep into these areas. And I venture to guess, you know, you mentioned also earlier that uh, people may have sort of a knee jerk. I don't want to go to a physiotherapist because it's going to take a lot of time. It's taken a lot of time to develop maybe pathways that aren't um, serving us. So it does take some time to unravel it, doesn't it? That's right. And that's part, that's a huge part of the patient education. And I'm having to tell people all the time, it's like, how, how old are you? Okay. We've had this many years to mm -hmm. develop what we have developed and where we have come to. And so how do we unwind? How do we rewind? And then how we how do we rewire? And so it's really looking at all these influences in our life, in our past and present in order to get to our future. And so, um, of course, a big part of that is the the clients or patients, again, experience with um, their, their overall health condition. And so somebody might come in with a little bit more um, awareness of themselves, of themselves and where they want to be. And some people might come in because their doctor just referred them. And so they're just here. So motivation is a big part of it. 
-hmm. and also their um, willingness to change is a big part of it Mm -hmm. and where they are in their recovery is a big part of it and so we're looking at where exactly they are in order to influence them at that level and so meeting someone where they are is a huge huge piece to the puzzle and it's in its influence to create change and to create new patterning. This mindfulness piece, again, the emotional aspect, the mindfulness is just in every aspect of health. I'm a nutritionist. You guys know that. And the longer I am in nutrition, the more I see how other pieces of the health puzzle are so needed for nutrition to be at its optimal. It seems to be the same in all these spaces. I've, I've been, uh, I've started a, a new form of exercise. I'm doing the Olympic weightlifting and mm-hmm. I have a coach and I can tell you firsthand, one of the, one of the hardest things for me to do is these pathways that I have been doing wrong. And when mm-hmm. it comes to something, um, as detailed as this weightlifting, I, I spend a great deal of time just thinking about doing a little thing differently. It is a hard thing to do, isn't it? It is absolutely hard. Again, it's years and years and years of yeah. conditioning. Yes. And you put it, you emphasize a good point, which is thinking about it. So visualization, huge, especially in sports, mm-hmm. you know, often you're the, the athlete is visualizing the, the movement before it even happens. And research shows its effectiveness and how it is performed. And so that's a huge, huge part of it. Absolutely. You know, I get, uh, she takes videos of me. Um, they're mm-hmm. not very flattering. <laughs> Hopefully I'll start looking <laughs> a lot better. Um, and, and, and she'll tell me, I want you to, you know, make sure your knee is out. And as much as I try, it's like, oh my gosh, like I I'm trying and it's, mm-hmm. it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. And it can be a frustrating journey. And I think, I think the mindfulness mm-hmm. aspect, the way that you approach your clients and saying like, this is not a short-term fix, but again, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just evidencing here in our conversation, how many areas you hit, it just shows mm-hmm. you how many areas can benefit from the mindfulness piece of physiotherapy. And I, you know, if nothing else comes from this show, I think this is a, a key mm-hmm. area that we've, we've had, you know, 20 minutes to dig down to get, I think it's, I think it's a great opening for people. I don't want to, I don't want to run away from the show before we get to talk about, we have, we've talked a little bit about pain management, but um, you specifically mentioned the opioid crisis in, in Mm -hmm. some of your discussions. Um, And that is a, that is a serious issue. And how can physical therapy work within this space of pain management? How can it help to alleviate in some areas the opioid crisis? Mm-hmm. Well, opioid, opioid use, we see people on various levels of the spectrum of it, whether it's read acutely right after an injury. And so they have been prescribed opioids, which is fair. You know, we want to get rid of the mm-hmm. pain. Great. Um, at that point of first, let's let's say prescription um, and treatment, the the patient needs to be educated that this is a short-term solution. This isn't going to help your tissues. This isn't going to help you heal. This isn't going to help you uh, prevent from future re-injury. How did you get there in the first place? 
that is first and foremost what needs to be done when people are prescribed with pain medications as strong as opioids. And then we have people who you know come in later on, perhaps more in the chronic pain cycle, where they are still utilizing and are still in uh, their chronic pain cycle. Again, no education, maybe lack thereof, and we get them later in in their recovery. And so we're having to to work a little harder to um, get them get them to wean. Of course, now now we're getting to the point where we have to work alongside with the physician and mm-hmm. the patient needs to be a huge part of this and and them wanting to to wean off and um, move into more softer forms of medication and or complementary modalities to get them out of this vicious pain cycle. And so we see them across you know multiple spectrums. And so physical therapy can address them accordingly based on where they are in that. And so of course, if they're coming in with pain, they're on opioids, we are already prescribing them movement corrections, exercises, other forms of pain management, whether it is mindfulness uh, work, whether it's grounding or visualization, you know, things of this nature that have been known to help with pain um, modulation. And so physical therapy can really meet the patient where they are in their opioid journey. Is this a large part of your practice? A large part of our practice is, of course, pain management. Mm -hmm. And one of the main questions we ask is, how are you managing pain? Topical creams, hot packs, cold packs, uh, pain pain medicine, okay, how often? have you, when's the last time you used it? Okay. And so depending on, and this is part of a normal conversation because we want to see how their pain is being managed. If, if they tell me that they're, they're still using strong opioids, then they're, that's the entryway of education of how, okay, how long have you been using? Has it been working? You know, are you still talking to your, so now we go into a deep conversation around how well is this patient being managed for X amount of time, because mm-hmm. we know that we know the direction um, of of the of the medicine as so a whole. I'm assuming that um, to have the benefit of the neurological manipulation, they have to be weaning off of the opioids. Uh, the benefit of the neurological the neurological piece of of physical physical therapy, you know, the the reworking of pathways and so forth. Do people right. have to be off painkillers before this can start, or is it a is no, it a weaning no. process? It's it's a weaning process. It's what the patient uh, feels comfortable with. We are teaching new skills, right? And, and as we know, when we're learning new skills, um, we need as little distraction as possible. Okay. We need to learn things bit by bit. So if this this medicine is allowing them to learn, be present, um, that's great. But there is a timing for that. And so eventually you want to say, okay, have you, are you still using the same amount? Are how how have you managed these new strategies? And so a lot of times it works alongside the the use of pain medicine. And are you working with the medical team at this point? Are you in integration with them? 
And where I work now clinically, we do have access to the physicians and we're in communication. And if there is a point of where we need um, a follow-up with the physician because we feel there's something missing, then there there is a constant um, back and forth. But um, if someone is actually on, um, you know, medicine-assisted therapy, that's a conversation that's that that is ha- that's being had with the physician alongside the patient. Uh, you you yourself have many certifications. Um physical therapist, but you're also a yoga instructor and you're a mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're a mindfulness facilitator. Mm-hmm. Did you, were these after you became a physical therapist and you wanted to, you know, broaden the scope that we've been talking about? Yes. <laughs> My, within the first three months as a physical therapist, I, I realized there was more <laughs> that I needed to dive into um, and it came from working with people a little bit more closely and really understanding the set kind of the psychological influence of people's pain. And, and that just led me to develop my, my personal practice um, in yoga and just to really kind of balance myself and find the sort of my body and my work and all of these things. But it made me realize of how important this mind body connection is. And so I continued my work and I went to get yoga certification in India. I really wanted to really learn learn the art of you know living, and then that led me to um, studying mindfulness and that you know and that going to retreats, ten day silent retreats, and all these things because I really realized the importance of mindfulness and not only myself and in the work that I do and being present with my patients, but also teaching these tools to. So these are part and, and part part and parcel of how you would deal with every client and patient of yours. All of these uh, absolutely processes? interesting, absolutely. And you must be unique in this space. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I, it sure sounds that way. Um, and it just keeps driving home this this whole point of the whole body, whole body experience. You know, attacking the whole body for the best results. Um, are you seeing clients yes. personally? Or do you see, do you do video conferencing? Do you do both? Both, mostly in person again, since we're now available and accessible mm-hmm. and after this pandemic. But that was challenging in itself um, to do mostly video. And that was the, you know, um, sort of the talk, like how can physical therapy um, do video when mm-hmm. it's such a high touch uh, profession um, and actually have been on you know, during my um, dissertation in PT school, my piece was on teller rehabilitation, and that was 10 years ago. And at that point, it was just unheard of, like forward thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I continued to be an advocate in teller rehab, and then the COVID, the pandemic hit, and this was a perfect opportunity to actually practice this, because now is being utilized within the university system and other wellness spaces that I was in. And um, and virtual physical therapy um, has really has really shown to be effective. I have led person people from day one of care to discharge with significant improvements without mm-hmm. me even touching them, which just points again to how important mindfulness is 
and how patient education is and how how those two things can really create independence in a person and empowerment to create change for themselves and create new patterns. So um, that's why I hang my hat on a lot of these uh, strategies and improving the mind-body awareness in it, people. And, you know, three years ago, it would have been a silly question to say, as a physical therapist, are you doing video work? <laughs> but, you know, I <laughs> ask right. that all of the time now because many, many practitioners have transitioned to, mm -hmm. you know, only online work. Uh, if people mm -hmm. wanted to get a hold of you, I mean, we're, you know, our show is based in Canada, but definitely is heard around the world. So you mm -hmm. could get some uh, private care patients looking to get a hold of you. But um, do you have a website that people can go to to get information about different topics? Yes, uh, people can find me on well and flow physical boneflow.com. That's the website. I have an Instagram handle boneflow physical therapy. And there they can find a lot of access to information on these topics around mindfulness and chronic pain. I also have a monthly newsletter that I put out on these topics. And people can sign up with their email, and I can provide them that information. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I, I really want to thank you for being on the show. I think we really, we really did, you know, we set out to sort of show how physical therapy can be um, a little bit different than what our mindsets are. And I think uh, you did a great job of elucidating that for us. So thank you for being on the show. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.